BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Doing that, I was face-to-face with it. It was holding me by my throat. And it felt like it was sucking something out of me. I probably should have been more scared than I was when I witnessed the exorcism. I turned and looked on my right side. When I did, there's there's a beam on the side of the tree, a large beam. It's looking at me and I'm looking at it. After I hit the lock button and looked back up, I saw red eyes staring back at me. That they're going to show multiple gods all over the earth, be able to speak in people's languages, and at that point, it kind of converge into this one entity, which will be revealed as extraterrestrial. You'll realize that aliens are the gods of old, and at that point, it'll like religion out of the context of humanity. No, it couldn't have been a person. I know that. I know that people can't run through the woods like that. So this thing comes into view, and I see it. It's 50 yards away from me. It's walking. It's walking on two legs. It's huge. This is a big, hairy-looking being. If you've got an uncomfortable experience you'd like to have featured on the show, please get a hold of me at contact.uncomfortable at gmail.com. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram, both at Uncomfortable Podcast 65. We do have a Twitter account that is strictly used when a new episode airs. It sends out a tweet, and with how messed up Twitter has become... I do not anticipate uh, using it for anything more than that. So, best place to keep track of us is on Facebook and Instagram. Again, both at Uncomfortable Podcast 65. I will be working on a link tree for all of my information and links to all the other podcasts that I've appeared on in case you've missed them and are interested in being able to find them. They will all be listed there. Hopefully we'll have that done over the holiday weekend. 
Most importantly, please share the show with others and make sure to leave us a five-star rating and review wherever you can. Those are the main ways you can help in getting the show out in front of more people and more people listening means more great guests coming forward with their experiences to share with you, the listener. Tonight's guest is Shane Jones. Shane is the host of Inquiries of Our Reality podcast, but that's not his only project. And I'm going to go ahead and let him tell you about all the rest of his side projects. Shane wound up being a vendor at my Bigfoot and Bruce conference back earlier this September. Shane and I had a pretty good conversation throughout the day, and uh, he started to let me know about some of the things he had going on in his personal life, and we thought it would be an appropriate topic for one of my episodes. If you would, please give a warm, uncomfortable welcome to tonight's guest, Shane. Shane, welcome to Uncomfortable. Thanks, man. It's an honor to be here. Glad to have you. Good to see you um, again. Oh, yeah. Always nice to, nice to see each other. Unfortunately, our episode on my show hasn't come out yet, but it'll yeah, come out very soon. I'm sure people we only, love that one. We only, we only recorded it you know, a couple of months ago. I'm starting to think that you just don't <laughs> like me and you're not going to hear it. <laughs> I'm one of those people I overbook. I drop two episodes a week of my main show, um, but I like overbook and then because just because I like doing shows every night, I like getting to talk to interesting people. So then I end up, you know, two months ahead of time and I almost like feel bad that I tell people like, oh, it's not going to come out for two months. So I've been trying to kind of get closer to my release date and I'm at about like a month or so now. So everything will start being a little bit more relevant, but that's, that's kind of where I'm sitting at right now, but it's definitely a great episode. Definitely want to post it. So definitely don't get that impression because I really enjoyed that episode. <laughs> <laughs> now nah, I'm just busting your chops. Shane, tell us about, uh, tell the listeners first, let's get that out of the way. Tell them about your other shows and, uh, you know, a little bit about how you decided to start doing this, why you decided to start doing this. So, uh, Going back to, I guess, kind of like where I started the podcast, um, I originally started off with my main show, Inquiries of Our Reality. Um, The idea behind that was I listened to a lot of things. I kind of became like a plethora of useless knowledge in a sense. Um, When I would listen to podcasts, I just kind of felt that a lot of the questions that I would typically ask weren't generally asked. So I kind of took it upon myself to start doing my own show and start asking, you know, inquiries about this reality that we're in. So hence that's kind of where the name came to be from is that I just wanted to inquire about what's going on in our reality. So I got into some interesting stuff on that. Uh, You know, I, I kind of do anything that's open-minded. Sometimes things get biblical. Sometimes things get, you know, about elites. Sometimes they're about cryptids. It's kind of just a free range about anything that's, I guess, alternative thought, alternative mind. Mm -hmm. Um, More often than not, it kind of ends up turning into an open conversation, exchanging of ideas, which I definitely appreciate because rather than having like a structured show, you never know what you're going to get into. So that's kind of where that stemmed into. Um, Off of that show, I ended up doing a show with a guy named Kyle Rainey from the Big Dumb Podcast. Um, So we ended up conjoining forces and we started this little swap cast show that we do every week called Big Dumb Inquiries, where we combine our names together. Uh, the idea of that is that it's pretty much just like a fun clip show where we all bring like open-minded conspiratorial type clips and then we'll all kind of like openly discuss it. 
And then as I started branching even more podcasting through him, I met another guy named Ghost um, from My Third Eye Podcast. And him and I did an episode together. Um, back half of it turned extremely about cryptids. And we both kind of had this light bulb that went off at the same time. The show ended and we're both like, hey, I have an idea for a show. And we kind of <laughs> said it at the same time. And uh, we ended up coming up with Bizarre Encounters. And the best part about that is that I feel like it was just one of those things that was bound to happen because I'm not, I'm not a bad interviewer by any means, but I definitely think that Ghost, that's more so his skill, um, where I'm more of like the researcher, express ideas, um, pop in with just a weird off-the-wall theory towards the end of the episode that's kind of always been my thing. So we just kind of developed this good collaboration back and forth with each other where you know I'm the research side, he's the interview side, we kind of can join it all together in the show. Sometimes we do episodes covering different things. Um, other times we do episodes just interviewing people, but it all kind of just like formed together. And I've just kind of been on this podcast journey about getting my life, up, my life story out, um, being able to have an opinion, have a voice after being one of those people that had a lot to say uh, without a platform to say it on. And I've just kind of become more comfortable, I guess, in myself uh, being able to podcast in the aspect of like, I don't feel like I'm more me then when I get to podcast, because a lot of the time, uh, just, you know, being into the things that we're into, be it encounters, whatever, conspiracy type stuff, it's not stuff you can typically share with a lot of people. So you get it, into it, you have a lot in your head, but you don't really have many people to talk to it about. It, you know? it is, it is strange that, that what you just brought up there. Um, cause yeah, you know, you deal with, you deal with people that roll their eyes or they don't want to engage you in conversation. If you start talking about that stuff, I've been there and have been through that as well. And it's funny because <clears throat> the longer that I continue to do this show and the more experiences I talk to people about and the more things that are easy to talk about with them, um, now it's transferred over into my regular everyday life. And I don't, <clears throat> personally, I don't care one way or another if uh, if I strike up a conversation about some weird stuff and uh, people start rolling their eyes anymore. I don't care anymore. It's like, you know, walk away then. You don't want to hear it. You don't want to engage in it. Then, then you know, I'm not going to be the one that stops. You, you, you remove yourself from the conversation. I don't care. So... I'm the same exact way. It's one of those things that once I started my show, you almost wear it as like a badge of honor <clears throat> where it's something you created. It's you. It's your project. So it's like you can either, one, try to do it in secret and not be open about what you do, or you can just fall into the person that you've always intended to be. Yep. So I'm kind of on the same boat where like, I'll kind of, I'll still talk about stuff and uh, like, you know, certain conversations, like I'll talk about cryptids, all that kind of stuff, aliens with anybody, um, certain conspiracy stuff. You kind of, kind of judge the room also just yeah. for the aspect <laughs> of like you hit them with some weird stuff. And if they're just very normal minded thinking people, even if you just do a little concept, that's a little bit out there, they're, you're already lost with them. So yeah. it's all about like judging your audience, but well, that's, anymore that's now, now you have to real you have to read the room as well as far as you know the uh, uh, the the really polarizing uh, political sides, um, depending on depending on what side your conspiracy theory falls. Um, then you also have to deal with people and their their political views now, which are so so far out of whack uh, with you know just. Uh, the hatred from one side mm -hmm. to the other is just, it's astounding. I mean, you know, I've been on this planet long enough to have lived through, you know, several administrations now. And, 
you know, these, these past three uh, elections have just been uh, increasingly and increasingly more and more just about sling, slinging the, the, the poo at the fan and, and seeing where it sticks. And man, I just, it's crazy. So yeah, it's, you know, they always talk, you know, when I was growing up, they'd always say, don't, don't talk about religion. Don't talk about politics. Well, I don't think it's any more, any more true than it is right now. Truth. I would say as, as my shows progressed, it started off uh, more conspiracy based and it's gotten more into like cryptid type myster- mysteries of the world. I guess you could say a better, mm-hmm. better way of wording it and uh, kind of spirituality as a whole. But I kind of see that as like a wonder of the world in a sense, because I kind of view a lot of these religions as having a lot of like linking concepts and a lot of them may just be different perspectives of the same thing. Oh, absolutely. So that's one thing I can't help myself to touch. I, I will touch on religion all the time, but it's from a different perspective and not really putting anybody's religion down in particular. I just try to connect the dots between all of them. Um, as far as politics go, like I'll get into it a little bit, but as my, like I said, as my show's progressed, I've kind of feel like I found my niche and that's kind of what I'm running with and enjoying now. Yeah. And it seems to be more so with a, you know, the cryptid type community. So like, I love my main show that I started, don't get me wrong, but I'd say that my heart is definitely in bizarre encounters and, you know, it, it took my main show to kind of figure out where my niche was going to be. And that seems to be where I enjoy being the most, you know. With that being said, where can everybody find you? Uh, I try to make it quick and easy. So I put all my stuff under Linktree links. Uh, for anybody that's not familiar with Linktree links, it's not .com. It's L-I-N-K-T-R period E-E. And for my two main shows, um, Inquiries of All Reality Podcast and Bizarre Encounters. So I try to make it quick and easy. But if you find one of those, they all kind of interconnect with each other. So as long as you find one, you'll be able to find everything else that I do. Okay. And you're available on all the different uh, platforms. Yes, sir. The only thing that I'm not on is YouTube just because uh, I don't want to worry about stuff getting pulled down, um, random episodes missing, taking all the time and effort to do the video editing, all that, and then having anything happen to it. So strictly audio. Um, But anywhere that podcasts are served that are audio, you can definitely find me. So Spotify, Apple, Amazon, all the random ones. uh, Find me pretty much across everything. Um, I am setting up on iHeartRadio, so I'll be across that one pretty soon. So, yeah, for the most part, you look up Inquiries of Our Reality on a Google search, and I should be hopefully the main two pages that pop up and kind of just interconnect off of that. (laughs) Awesome. Good stuff, too. Uh, I highly recommend... If you're interested in the topics that we're talking about here on Uncomfortable, you will find uh, you will find solace in in some of the things that you hear uh, coming out of Shane's mouth as well. So head over, check them out, subscribe, give them a like, and then listen up, check out his episodes. He's got some good stuff there, <clears throat> and uh, especially uh, one of the upcoming episodes uh, at some point, hopefully within this year you'll hear something from me on his episode. Uh, <laughs> Even better yet, I'll give you an exact date. I'm going to check my schedule right here so all the listeners know when to look out. Uh, let's see here. 1028. 10 oh, so, so it's coming up here pretty quick. Yep, coming up uh, this Friday. Oh, wow. All right, awesome. <laughs> Perfect timing. That's how things seem to fall. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right, man. Uh, you, you sent me a text that really kind of set me on my ear earlier. And... Uh, I know there's I know there's some some aspects of the story that you you've shied away from uh, in in other 
in other appearances uh, for for very good reason, and and I don't blame you, but uh, for whatever reason you uh, you feel like you want to you want to let that stuff kind of go finally and uh, get it off your chest. So here is your opportunity, my friend. It's one of those things, kind of connecting to what we were talking about before I start. Um, that even within this community, you kind of have to feel around um, for the aspect of like everybody believes in the woo-woo, but when it's right in front of them, it's a little bit different. Mm -hmm. So just off of that, usually when I tell my story, I talk about my teenage years and I will just make one comment saying that like it was a dark time, but I never really dig into detail into that for the aspect of I didn't know how people were going to perceive it. I didn't know if people were going to take it the wrong way. Um, So just considering like the connection we've had, the stuff that we've talked about, your different connections with different things through your life. I felt like this show would be the one place where I could actually completely air it all out and not feel judged for it and get an honest opinion on it. A lot of the stuff that I'm going to get into with this story, um, I haven't honestly shared with anybody before this point. Like my girlfriend knows a lot of the story, but she doesn't know every single detail. So she's just now, after me starting my podcast and stuff, kind of getting into the more like woo-woo type stuff. So I probably will share it with her after this at some point, but I don't know, just felt the most comfortable being able to talk with you about it um, before anybody else. Just that connection we were talking about before the show, you just have a very welcoming yeah. voice. So hopefully everybody that. can just kind of take it for what it is and hear me out. I appreciate that. All right, I appreciate man. you having me on. The floor is yours. Let's get into this. So there's a there's a lot that goes into this story. Um, I'm going to try to describe it as chronologically possible, as, as chronologically as I possibly can. Um, so starting at the beginning of it, um, I grew up with a grandma that was 100% Cherokee. Uh, she was a very spiritual woman. Um, she gave me a Native American name. Um, she had me like registered to the tribe. She always talked about a lot of these like spiritual concepts that she believed in. Um, she used to, I just remember just little things like uh, she'd talk about um, her, her mom passed away and she would talk about how she was these different butterflies that would always appear around her. And she just always had this different view and connection to the land. So that was kind of the method of thinking that I was kind of raised up into getting into and I'm sure that that started from the time I was a baby with her just talking about these things out loud with me. Um, but where my main experiences really start is I don't remember the exact time when this started, but when I was a kid, I remember having dreams where I would go to sleep and I would wake up and I would see myself sleeping. And I didn't really quite know how to decipher that as a child. Um, it never really felt dark or anything at that time. It just kind of felt like like something curious was watching me. That's the best way to kind of describe it. Not anything that was going to hurt me. Just kind of trying to see what, what you would do kind of a thing. So that went on for a while, honestly. And the way that I always kind of connected it into this was I would get sleep paralysis directly after when I would have these experiences, but when I had standard dreams, I wouldn't get that after. So digging into it when I got a little bit older, um, I figured out that it was a pretty common thing with people that would astral project where they would get this like sleep paralysis after. And the best way that I would describe it, it was never really like a, like a scary feeling. Like 
I was kind of describing, it was more of like a, almost felt like you were kind of downloading back into your body. Like when you start up a computer and it kind of needs that minute to like warm up and kind of get everything rolling, mm-hmm. kind of felt more like that. So that went on for, for a while. Um, around the time that I was seven, six or seven, my grandfather passed away, which was my grandma that I was talking about, my Native American grandma's husband. And he was, uh, I guess the best way to describe him is he was just a hardworking, classic, traditional, like American man uh, that fell in love with a woman that you probably wouldn't expect to see them together because he was like the factory worker type, uh, got up for work, wore polo shirts every day, um, hands-on kind of jobs, never really seemed to really get into the woo-woo type stuff. I never really remember him ever really mentioning anything about it. It was all just my grandma. So he worked for a company that they pretty much replaced everybody with a bunch of younger people. Um, I remember him being very upset about it. And basically they told him that if he wanted to continue working for this company, that he would have to go and work at their other location that was in Illinois. So he would drive to work. He would leave on Sunday night. He would go out there. He would stay there for the week. And then he would come back on Friday and he would see my grandma for the weekend. So he went to do that like he did every week normally. And from the story that I gathered from my dad and from my grandma, essentially he was found in his car with a bag of Tootsie Rolls, which was always his favorite candy. And this little stuffed animal of a fox. And I guess that they said that he had a random heart attack uh, when he was sitting in his car by himself. Um, He wasn't too old. He was in his early 60s. And uh, when they found him, he he had this little little stuffed fox with him. So I didn't know this at the time. Um, Here comes, we, we get to his funeral. And I don't know how it passed into the hands, but just because of the way my grandma was, she had a, had a medicine man that did the funeral and he called me up at the end and he essentially said that this is for you. We all knew it was for you and it's intended to go to you. And my native American name from my grandma is little Fox. So he, he found like a little Fox and oh, that's wow. something that I still keep to my bed next to my bed to this day. So it was just a really hard time because like, he, I, I never, like, I got to know him, but I don't feel like I fully got to, he really got to know, like, me or the person that I was going to become. Yeah. So he just always had that tie to me because even my dad, he said he grew up, he was just this tough, strict guy. And as soon as I was born and came around, he just turned into a big softie. And he just mm-hmm. always had this crazy soft spot for me that it was yeah. just different than everybody else that he'd ever experienced. Even my grandma said there's just something with him and me that he was just tied to me. So after he passes away, um, I used to spend the night at my grandma's house a lot. And I don't know if it was her making me feel better at the time or not, but it was, I guess, her attempt to do it. She believed a lot in the spiritual. So I guess one of the things that her and my grandpa had was that when he came home and she was sleeping, he would turn on the hallway light. So that if she woke up in the middle of the night, she would know that he was home. And so she pretty much asked him 
like if you're around still, like turn on the light. So this has been like an ongoing thing that's kind of gone on my entire life. And there's one particular night, I remember the first time that it happened, um, I was sleeping with my grandma. Uh, she got into a lot of accidents, so she wasn't that mobile. Um, so she just kind of, she had one of those like hospital beds. She kind of just would hang out in that area. And as a kid, I kind of like run around and she kind of move around with her, uh, with her walker and stuff. So she's sleeping up against the wall. I'm sleeping up against the front. Um, I don't remember her moving past me, like, because she wasn't very mobile. Like she definitely would have had to wake me up. She wouldn't have been able to just get up and slide past me. Um, I got up to go to the bathroom and I remember seeing my grandma and my grandpa had two separate bedrooms at the end of the hallway. Again, because of my grandma getting the accidents, he didn't sleep with her cause he didn't want to like hurt her or anything like that. Right. So he had his own bedroom. So it became a thing when I was at my grandma's house that in the middle of the night, the light would turn on in his bedroom and there would just be weird things. Like she would have his bed completely made and you would see like a, like a butt print at the end of the bed that almost looks like somebody was sitting there. Like they were just in the area trying to keep that close connection yeah. with me, or at least that's how, how I kind of perceived it. So going into my teenage years, um, this is where normally when I tell the story, I just say it was a dark time and I don't really go into much detail about it. Um, I still had these sleep experiences happening ongoing through all of this. Um, but my mom and I were always really close. Um, my parents got divorced when I was four. So I was just always connected with my mom. It was one of those things that she always had my back. I always had her back, uh, through thick and thin, no matter what happened. And when I was in eighth grade, she met this guy named Jay and we all ended up moving into this house together uh, that was in Warren, Michigan. And he was a big construction guy. So he was one of those kinds of guys that would, you know, buy the most trashed house for a really cheap value and fix it all up and make it exactly how he wants it. Yeah. So we, we shows us this house and there's a couple of weird things that I read right off the bat knew were weird and off about this house. Uh, first thing being that it was up and abandoned where there was no any like people, just whoever was living there just up and left. So he bought it from the bank where you couldn't even see inside the house. And apparently when these people left, they turned on all the waters and blocked all the drains and seemed like they were trying to flood this house out for some reason. And so when we, uh, came into the house and because he, he, he knew this part of the story just from like the bank and everything. They just assumed that it was just like, uh, like people who snuck in there weren't supposed to be there. Like whatever that, whatever kind of stories they made up trying to make up for a reason why there'd be so much damage to this house and water damage. Cause when we first moved into it, essentially it was at a basement and then the main floor and the whole main floor had to be taken out and replaced cause it was all soft molded, destroyed wood. Yeah. So when we start getting into this house and we start um, like rebuilding and doing different things in it, the first thing that was really off that I personally saw and experienced in this house was in the basement, there was a bunch of Bible, like uh, pieces of paper from the Bible that it looked like somebody had ripped out, ripped them out and scattered them across the floor in the basement. And they were obviously wet at one point. So this was definitely before the pretty people tried to flood out the house because, you know, when paper gets wet, but it's kind of like stuck on a surface, how yeah. it'll kind of like mold to the shape of it and be right, stuck to yeah. the floor. So there was a bunch of that. So we had to like go through and just like scrape it all off the floor and everything. Cause he wanted to like repaint the floor to this house. Yeah. 
So at this point, we weren't living in this house yet. It was just all these different weird components that were kind of adding up in my head that I didn't know how to like quite rationalize because, again, I was only in eighth grade at the time. So when we finally moved into this house, the best way to describe it was everything was calm for a minute. And then it was a progression of things starting to get weird. And I seemed to be the only one that seemed to be noticing things. Uh, Like one example that I noticed, and this is part like where the story gets a little bit weird, where this is the part where I'm a little bit off of telling the story, but you would go down in the basement and you would hear like, like imagine like a blood curdling scream, like somebody's being tortured or in pain, but off in the distance, like two houses over, you'd be standing in the basement and you would hear this screaming, but it sounded like it was far away from you. And nobody that was upstairs could hear it. I was the only one that could hear it. And I had a stepbrother at the time, which was, which was his son. And he would come down in the basement. I would tell him about this and, you know, he would just, oh, you're crazy. You're crazy. That doesn't make any sense. I don't hear anything. He'd be standing there and be like, I don't hear anything. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. I'm like, well, try to do it by yourself. See what happens. And he still wouldn't hear anything. I seemed to be the only one that would experience and see this. And it seemed like everybody's tone in the house started getting darker in the aspect of my mom's boyfriend, soon to be husband at this time, started off as just like a very nice, sweet, gentle guy. And from the time of living in this house to he's still living in the house now, as far as I know, uh, he's completely 360 as a person, um, starting off where like he would, uh, just be super ridiculously sweet to my mom, just like you should treat any woman. And he got to a point where he just started doing things that from what I saw, wasn't fully in his character. Um, But it was kind of like I said, like a buildup. So my mom already was like a drinker, but once she was in this house, it seemed like it got worse. And when she got worse doing that, it seemed like Jay got worse on his aspect um, to the point where, Like he would like be shoving her and stuff, which was just unrealistic behavior from like what I had experienced with him, even from him, like living with my mom and I temporarily until we moved into this house. Um, So just, there's this weird dark ambiance. And while, while that was going on, I was also still having my astral projection experiences, but rather than that, having that childlike playfulness to it, like it did when I was a kid, it it turned dark. Um, like I would start seeing shadow people, but they wouldn't be near me. They'd be watching me from a distance. Um, And it just felt like something dark was watching me. And I remember in particular, I would always see this one with green eyes that seemed like it would watch me from a distance. And it seemed to be taller than the rest of them. Um, Continuing on with those experiences, I remember that there was one time that I fell asleep on the floor in the back room And I had one of these astral projection experiences. But when I did it, normally I can see my hands in front of me and they would look like my normal hands. And for whatever reason, this one particular time, I remember my arms being completely black. I remember my fingertips being pointed, but not like nails. It was just like my my finger shape was like a point. And I was trying to figure out like what was going on. Cause it was a different experience than I'd ever had before. And the even weirder part was the fact that I fell asleep on the floor during the middle of the day. So this was happening when it was just completely bright outside. Mm-hmm. 
So I try to walk into the bathroom to see if I could see my reflection, which, you know, if you're an astral projection of yourself, assumably you wouldn't be able to see your reflection anyways. But like I go in there and obviously there's no reflection. So I wasn't really able to like see what the face looked like. But the feeling that I had gotten from it was that that thing that was watching me with the green eyes, um, I just felt this like connection to it. Like, like I felt like I was it or like it was trying to like show me something from its perspective, but maybe I didn't do exactly what I was supposed to do. Maybe I was supposed to, it was, like I said, they felt like they were watching me. Like, like they're trying to get me to do something like, you know, almost like a, like a, like a mouse in like a maze where there's this treat at the end, but you know, you just kind of release them in there and you don't tell them which direction to start heading. You kind of just will see what they'll do. And it kind of had that feeling and impression to me. Um, so I wasn't able to see my reflection or anything. And I uh, ended up, you know, having the normal experiences where I woke up and I had sleep paralysis temporarily on the floor. Um, and then I bounced back. But after that experience, um, I started noticing some weird things in the aspect of I would go to the bathroom and I would see a dark shadow behind me. And when I turned to look at it, it wouldn't be there. And then when I looked back in the mirror, it wouldn't be there again. And it just kind of felt like there was just this like dark thing looming over me. And it felt like it was almost like, like vampiric, like it was like trying to pull energy off of me. And as it was doing that, like my headspace just kind of started getting darker. So just as a teenager, I started getting into, uh, you know, drugs, alcohol, all that kind of stuff. Because just like, I guess, a lot of paranormal things, if this is paranormal, you know, they seem to go off of people that are already in that negative energy. Or maybe it was the house itself that had the negative energy that was kind of projecting onto us. Um, So So are are you still still in the, would you say, eighth grade? Yes, that this was all happening when I was eighth and ninth grade. Okay. But, um... Yeah, so I would have these uh these like weird dark experiences where it just seemed like everything was kind of just making everything in the house darker. Me, everybody else in the house, um my stepbrother at the time, uh he started just getting very like snappy and irritated and angry with people um to the point where he didn't want to deal with his stepdad anymore. So there's this back and forth between him kicking him out and him trying to leave. Um, I don't think that he was aware of anything weird going on. Um, my mom just going farther and farther into the hole of drinking. Um, the experiences with Jay being more physical, um, started to, uh, ramp up. Um, one of them being that I remember I was sitting there in the front room and my mom and Jay started arguing with each other. And I go out there and as I go out there, he pushes her and she falls over a computer chair and me being a son and a man, I guess, uh, my first reaction without thinking at all, blindly thinking is to come up and, you know, just hit him in the face with all my force that I had being a ninth grader hitting a 40 year old man Mm -hmm. because he laid his hands on my mom and I didn't approve of that. But this is kind of where everything kind of deteared. Where, like I was saying earlier, my mom always kind of had my back going through everything. But when this experience happened, it seemed like she like she flipped, like a complete switch. Where this happened and she started defending him rather than me. 
for trying to stand up for her. And this kind of continued on down the line with like just her always seeming to be on his side with stuff, but they were kind of just like feeding off of each other's own dark energy. So the main weird part that this is, I'll get into a little bit farther, but it's starting to kind of happen again. And I have some other weird things that are starting to happen. Uh, Coming back with my grandpa with the whole turn on the light concept and me saying that he always had that bond with me and always had that link with me. It's, I started, started getting really bad to the point where this dark force, whatever it may have been. And this is the part that I've never really told anybody before. I started having these like urges to like essentially cut things into the top of my arm, the best way to describe it. And they would be like weird symbols, um, pentagrams, just different things. And it just didn't feel like me when I was doing it. And I remember my mom coming in the room one day when I was doing this and I was just like out of it. And she was trying to talk to me. She ended up taking me to like the hospital and everything. And I remember going to the hospital and that was when I had like a snapback point where I felt like myself again. And I was looking at myself and I'm just like, like, what happened? Like, why, why is this like this? Cause I'm, I'm not that type of person. Like I'm not a suicidal person. I'm not into anything that has to do with like self harm. Yeah. Uh, so it's just very out of character for me. So when I ended up getting back home was when the turn on the lights concept started happening again, where I would wake up in the middle of the night and my bedroom light would be on. And this one particular ramped up moment, I had a friend over and we were both, you know, hanging out, sleeping on on the bed, playing video games, doing whatever. And I remember feeling this, uh, it felt like something kept like, like grasping me, but it wasn't like a, like a tight grasp. Like something was like trying to like choke you or grab a hold of you. It was kind of like this laid on hand grasp, but it almost felt like, like a burning sensation, but there wasn't any visible anything on my skin. So that's happening that one particular night. I don't want to scare my friend that I was having over because it was the first time I had him over my house. So I kind of just kept everything to myself and didn't say anything. So I knew the whole night was off. Something was weird. I didn't want to go to sleep that night because I just felt like I needed to be awake for whatever reason. And I remember my friend was sleeping. I was awake still. I had one of these like, uh, you know, the fold out uh, couch beds. Sure. I was sleeping on one of those and they have the very, very thin mattress. So in the middle of the night when I'm sitting there and he's sleeping, I remember feeling the middle of the mattress push up. And as the middle of the mattress pushes up, he wakes up and looks at me and looks back. And he just had this look of like on his face, like almost surprised that I wasn't reacting to it and freaking out directly. And as that happens and he looks at me, there's like this quick shoot up and then the bed drops and then you hear these footprints run down the hallway. And as that happens, you see it go one way. And then I just see this ominous, dark, foggy cloud is the best way to describe it. It wasn't even a shadow. It was, it was like a dark cloud that I just watched move down the hallway. So not really in the the shape of anything, just a, just a mass. Yes, just like just like an ominous like like cloud almost is the best way to describe it. Or almost like a fog because it wasn't like cloud shaped. It was just this big mass that was just dark and was in the middle of the hallway and it moved back past the door. 
Now, as this happens, the bedroom light turned on. And I... It's hard to describe with people that... Like, if, if you have a connection with somebody that's on the other side, like, you kind of you kind of just, like, feel their presence. And it's, like, hard to explain. Like, you don't physically see them. You just... They make it aware to you that they're there. And... I understand that I felt my clearly. grandpa... Yeah, that's why I figured this would be the perfect place to share is because I feel like you'd be a person that would completely understand this. And uh, I just felt his presence near. And when that happened... I saw this, uh, I don't want to say a flash of light, but the hallway brightened up just visibly for a second. And then it just went back to normal. And the best way to describe it afterwards was I kind of felt that like dark presence in the house. And it just felt like it was lifted for, for that time right then. And since that moment up until recently, I hadn't had any connections with my grandpa turning on the light, anything like that, which also kind of makes me worried about what may be going on currently. Um, but he, he pushed this thing away, like whatever it was. And this was probably about the time that I was in ninth or 10th grade. So everything was pretty mellow for a while there. Um, other than me still having my normal astral projection experiences, uh, one of which, which I found extremely strange, was normally I would not really go anywhere far. I would see myself sleeping when I had these experiences. But one particular time, I went to this place where the best way I can describe it is it was in the middle of space. I was in like a purple nebula, and I wasn't really standing or sitting. I was kind of just within it. And I assumed that it was a dream, but when I woke up, I got sleep paralysis directly after. So I was trying to figure out what that place was while all at the same time trying to keep all of this stuff under wraps and not share with anybody else in the family. Because the couple times that I had put the little feelers out, they pretty much completely just slapped it back away. So I yeah. just tried to keep all of these experiences to myself. Um, so, yeah, he... Uh, it was pretty pretty mellow, like I said, for a while. And then about the time that I was in, probably a little bit beginning, probably beginning of senior year, it some, felt like that, that dark presence was starting to come back. And at that point, that's when I started wondering if it was the house or something that may be possibly connected to me or something that was around me because of me having these astral projection experiences. Like it was kind of praying and waiting for its opportunity to be able to do whatever it was trying to do. Uh, so everything amps up again. Um, there's a lot of fighting. Um, my mom's boyfriend trying to like physically fight me a few times unprovoked. Um, so pretty much the day I turned 18, I got kicked out of the house and I've been out ever since. Um, I actually lived for about a year or so before I met my girlfriend that I'm with now. Um, like homeless uh, is the best way to describe it. Like I was sleeping on park benches and stuff. Um, oh, I had some friends that I'd leave my clothes and everything in the trunk of his car. Uh, cold nights, he'd sneak me into his house and he'd let me uh, like sleep in his closet and stuff because he lived with his grandparents and he didn't Jesus. really want to describe the whole situation to them. Um, so... 
I kind of had my own time away from the house, from all this weird stuff going on. And at that time, I wasn't really concerned with like the paranormal, the woo woo, anything crazy like that. I was just essentially just trying to trying to live my life and just try to try to exist and figure life out for myself. Uh, around this time was when my astral projection dreams stopped. But the weird part about it was that I wouldn't remember my dreams at all. I wouldn't, I would just almost be like when I go to sleep, it would just be like you fast forward into time. Like I wouldn't remember anything in the middle of it, except for maybe once every couple months, I would have a vivid, vivid dream to the point where it felt like, like it was real, like happening in front of me. Like, like it almost felt like an astral projection, but I didn't have sleep paralysis directly after with these uh, super vivid dreams. Um, but they kind of felt like they're trying to portray a met portray a message to me. Um, so going into where I'm at more so leading into my life now, um, I, we, my girlfriend and I were trying to have a second child after my first child and it didn't end up, uh, working the first time for, I'm trying, I'm trying not to make it sound too sad cause there's a happier ending to at least this portion of the story. Um, we were trying and we ended up getting, she ended up getting pregnant and we were kind of like laying off in the doctor's appointments because we just were like, oh yeah, if we feel a need to go, then we'll go. And we ended up going at 16 weeks and figure out that the heartbeat and it stopped growing at eight. Oh, and for whatever reason, it wouldn't miscarry. So she had to uh, basically get it like removed because oh, it wouldn't come God. out. And it was just an extremely traumatic event, I'm sure, like anybody can imagine. And she ended up having an infection after the surgery happened, had to go back up to the hospital, almost wasn't coherent. And for anybody that has somebody like that, where it's not just like a normal relationship connection, but they kind of become your world after realizing that you have a toxic family and being alone and having nothing and being homeless. And then you meet this special person that kind of brings all the pieces of your life back together yeah. and helps you pick yourself up. Like it's just, it's a different connection I feel than a normal relationship. And that's why we've been together for going on 10 years now. So it's just, it's really hard to see somebody that you care about that much in that state. So, you know, I wasn't in the normal mental state that I would be in. And so I ended up having another, astral projection dream, which I hadn't had really in a long time. And the weird part about it was that I went to that same place that I described when I was a teenager, where it was the black, it was the blackness of space inside of a purple nebula. And I wasn't really standing or floating. But the difference was this time that I saw a little boy, and he looked just like me. And he said, that one wasn't a good one. I'll see you on the next one. And then right after that, I woke up, had the normal sleep paralysis. And that's when all these gears started working in my head and I was trying to figure everything out. Um, I kept this to myself for the time being and come to find out a month or two later that she's pregnant again. And then, you know, another month or two after that, when you figure out the gender, um, you realize I come to find out that it's going to be a boy. So I started questioning whether or not what I saw was theoretically a place of uh, like where consciousness gets recycled where it's born mm -hmm. or if there is this infinite creator, if possibly that could be them or it or wherever it was. So I've always had these experiences 
And I feel that because of this experience with my son, that he will more than likely end up having the same experiences that I did because I feel like he's kind of interconnected into that world. And so I already kind of had this mindset going that he was going to have a connection to that world. And it wasn't until relatively recently that my grandpa started turning the light back on again. But the weird part about it was that there was this period for a couple of weeks where it was exactly to a T. Um, I'd be editing my podcast and he would wake up and start crying at exactly three o'clock in the morning every single time. Oh, wow. And me just, you know, being the type of person I am, you know, I run in there, go check on him. Um, but I always had this like feeling like something was watching me from the corner of the room. And the one particular time, it just seemed like there was just this kind of like this cloud that I described earlier, mm-hmm. or it wasn't exactly a cloud, but it's more of like an amorphic like mist. And it just felt like there was just this corner of the room where it was extra dark, more so than it normally is. So I started getting into trying to figure out ways to protect my, my son's room. Um, me being already part of this whole spiritual world, I uh, already regularly smudge the house. Um, I am all about the like protective items um, coming from like my Native American heritage. My grandma always told me this thing that mm-hmm. you follow your intuition for items. And if it's something that you need, it, it's going to come to you. And I mean, weirdly enough from that, almost every item that I just found these random connections to, I look into it and a lot of them were like protection items, which I found was kind of strange. So I started uh, putting some of these items in his room, thinking that maybe it would just bring this like positive life force into there, whatever that dark thing was, maybe it would kind of just push it away. Um, One of the items included was a dream catcher that my grandma made for me when I was a baby that was over my crib. And I've always had this thing above me when I sleep. Even when I was homeless, it was one of the first things that I had with me, uh, along with the little fox that my grandpa gave me that I was telling you earlier in the story. Yeah. So I ended up hanging this above his crib, trying to just see if it would help. And this is where my grandpa comes back in. And I love having him around, but just because of how I've seen things in the past, it seems like he mainly comes around when there's something dark or something bad going on and he's just trying to protect the family. So he would might hear my son cry at three o'clock in the morning and almost to a T within like a minute or two, I'd go in there check on him and I'd watch the light flick on every time. And there was a period where my, well, I don't say a period, but like a week or so where my girlfriend was very upset about some things going on in life and she would, uh, wake up in the middle of the night and the light would be on. And I kind of perceive that as my grandpa kind of saying that like, I'm here, I'm caring for you. It's okay. Yeah. I'm watching over you guys. So come to, uh, this has been going on with the random light turning on again. And I hadn't felt anything dark. And then all of a sudden, as of yesterday, I, my, my dogs, I have an older dog and then I have my, my pity. And, uh, they're, they're very sweet dogs. I've never really had issues or anything with them. And I'm in the middle of a show last night and I hear my girlfriend start screaming. I run out into the front room and my dogs decide to start brawling each other in the middle of the front room, um, in front of the kids. So me being an instant parent, I get the kids away as fast as I can and probably not the smartest thing to do, but I don't want 
want to see anything get hurt. So I do my absolute best I can to split these, split them apart without hurting myself. So I get them apart. Uh, I just it's like everything just feels off. Like there's just been this like dark lingering that's been in this house lately. And I feel like it's starting to like revamp itself back up. And that's why I don't know if it's something linked to me or if it was something linked from that house or if it was something that I brought with me from that house. But today I felt a need to smudge the house, except for when I did it, I felt this urge at the end that I don't normally do where I normally will make the trail of smoke and continue it outside the house so that whatever dark beings, whatever negative energy there is, they see this path of smoke and they follow it outside of the house. Right. So normally what I would do is I would set it down and let it burn itself out. But today I had this just intuition feeling that I needed to put it out in the dirt on the ground. And before I did that, I sat and I meditated for a second and I thought about just protection and my family and trying to push anything negative, dark out of this house. And when I put it down on the ground to, to snuff it, the best way to describe it is I felt this hand grab the back of my neck and then it felt like it dissipated off. And I don't think that that was it leaving. Like it doesn't feel like it's like it's over. It kind of felt like, uh, if it was something small, maybe it's gone for now. If it was something bigger, maybe I irritated it. And the hand on the back of my neck was its way of saying like, Nice trick. I'm still in the house. Yeah. But the other weird part that's kind of happened recently is there's this, uh, I got, I acquired this, this random item from somebody that it was just very weird that they gave me this item. And this person talks about how like they're a Christian, all this different stuff and they don't come off to the normal eye as like, there's something off about them. But being the empath type person I am, I uh, follow my intuition off people. And from the time I had met this guy, just things felt off. And he, he gave me this, this random item and I felt really uncomfortable taking it and I didn't want to take it, but it was just one of those things where you're in a situation, everybody's looking at you. Somebody tries to hand you a gift. You kind of don't know what to do. So you just accept it. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if what, what's up with this guy exactly, but that particular item I feel like is linked, could possibly be linked to whatever this thing is. So it's either the item or it's something that's been connected with me this whole time. But literally tonight after the show, um, I was talking to some close friends and what they said to do for now was uh, like basically visualize like protection from the item. And I ended up setting it down. It's sitting up on the counter over here and it has a salt ring around it. And what they told me to do with it is even if the person that gave me the item doesn't realize that there's something dark linked to it, there could be something dark linked to it because there's this like little gem in the eye and this weird symbol on the forehead of it. And I don't know exactly what they mean, but I've been trying to figure it out. Um, I don't know if the artist or whoever did it intentionally, like intentionally try to put a symbol or something on it, but I'm trying to get rid of the item tonight to see if it helps. Um, from what I was reading, they say to wrap it up in cotton and bury it somewhere that you have no connection to that you'll never come again. And it's just been a matter of trying to deny this story most of my life. Um, a lot of the time, if you hear me talk about a lot of paranormal stuff, um, I try to 
link it more to interdimensional or like time rift things. But I think it's more of like a subconscious thing that I know that there's this paranormal spiritual world. And I don't know if it's like a subconscious fear of it or what, or just a misunderstanding of it. Um, I always like to imagine that people would go to like heaven or go to like someplace good after, and they wouldn't have a reason to like linger around. But just the whole thing with my grandpa, whether he's in someplace good and he feels the need to come around at certain times, or if he's just always here, like the type of man he was, if there is a good place on the other side, like I know he would be there. So I just kind of denied this whole, a lot of the spiritual world out in the open and kind of just kept it all to myself in my head, trying to rationalize and understand all the different pieces of it. And I kind of feel like I'm at a point in my life where it's kind of, if you keep denying it, it's just going to keep throwing itself back in your face. So I'm trying to sit and actually take time to break it down. Um, but where I'm at currently, I always believed in like a spiritual world and I'm trying to figure out if all of this is linked to something with the spiritual world or if it's something paranormal, but I kind of get the impression that it's more so something linked to the spiritual world. But the one thing that throws me off is the fact that my grandpa's involved in it. So is he, did he ascend into something spiritual because of the type of man he was? Or is there just this thing where if you have unfinished business, you just linger and he had that connection with me. So he just never wanted to leave me. So he's just lingering around with me. And if that's the case, it's like, I almost feel guilty because like, I don't want him to be stuck here with me as much as he wants to watch me grow up and do whatever. Like, you know, he deserves to be on that other side, especially considering that my grandma's there now. Um, and I know that's his like his main love. So I'm just trying to figure out why he's coming back instead of, you know, trying to trying to be with her like like you should be. But I also do still um like I personally haven't felt it, but uh I put a lot of time and effort into this uh I guess medium psychic type person. Uh her name's Whitney. And she always talks about how she feels this Native American woman that hangs out around me. And this man that hangs out around me, but I don't feel her, but I feel him around me. So I'm just trying to, trying to figure it out. Like, I don't know if they're on different planes. Like, are they aware of each other? Are they not aware of each other? Are they two different things? Did one ascend into something spiritual and the other one's like a, like a spirit that's trapped here. But it's a lot of questions and not a lot of answers. And everything in this field is just, nobody knows for sure. It's really hard to get definite answers. So I never really shared the story because I didn't know how people were going to perceive it. But with everything starting to amp up, I figured that the only way to really possibly understand it is to get the story out. Or maybe that was the intention the whole time was that I was intended to tell this story to possibly bring more, more eyes into these concepts. All right, guys, just because it's No Shave November doesn't mean your partner is going to give you a pass on all your personal grooming. If you're not taking care of your friends and your pants, you'll end up being the turkey this season. So 
This holiday, make sure you're looking good enough to be dessert after the family hits the road by going to manscaped.com and use the code uncomfortable22 for free shipping and 20% off your order. Try the Manscaped Platinum Package 4.0 for the man who deserves it all. This package has each product from the best-selling performance package plus ultra-premium body wash, ultra-premium two-in-one shampoo and conditioner, and ultra-premium deodorant. It's the best way to smell fresh from your beak to your tail feathers. Of course, you'll receive the Lawnmower 4.0 Body Trimmer, the Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Hair Trimmer, featuring the proprietary advanced skin-safe technology to protect your delicate giblets. Both units are waterproof, so cleanup is a breeze. All of Manscaped's shower gear is sulfate-free, vegan, and made to leave your skin feeling hydrated and smelling fresh. But smelling good doesn't stop at the shower. The Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner can solve any foul problems all day long. Once you treat your sack, you'll never go back. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code uncomfortable22 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code uncomfortable22, manscaped, for your personal grooming needs. But that's kind of where I'm at with it. I kind (laughs) of... laid it all out on the line i didn't want to lose my train of thought i like i said i hadn't told that story before so i was trying to tell it with the most detail in the best order that possibly could and i don't know it's one of those things you let it flow and it comes out natural and definitely feel that that came out natural and i feel honestly way better actually saying it good uh there's there's some things that i want to kind of delve into a, a bit with you um and I guess we'll we'll start with the most recent and then work our way back, um, because the whole astral projection thing is uh, is, is kind of sticking with me. Um, you know, as as far as your uh, your Native American upbringing, um, now I don't know if this is true with with all Native American uh, tribes or clans. Um, I was told that during the smudging process of a home that salt needs to be used on all of the, um, all of the windows, all of the doors, except for the, the one exit that you are, um, allowing to remain open for the spirit to leave. And once you were done, you were to salt that as well. Um, now the thought is, from what I was told, that the salt will, once once you've cleansed the house, the salt will keep it at bay. It will not let it back into the the residence. I don't know if you've ever heard that, or if you've run across it in your in your research as far as uh, how to take care of this. Um, but that's one thing I can tell you that came from an actual native American, which, I mean, I definitely feel the need to do that. Um, off of the aspect of when I did this earlier, it was a really amped up moment. So I was thinking logically, but I definitely missed some details where that's something that I would normally do. Um, I was just really thrown off by this item, so I didn't do it directly. So if that is the case, maybe that grasp on the back of my neck really was it, where if I let it out of the house, maybe, because I was crouched down right outside of where my back door's at, 
Like I could almost see it as it following the line to leave and possibly because I didn't reseal that door. Maybe that was it kind of, you know, using me as leverage to step back into the house possibly. Mm. Cause normally when I smudge, I kind of feel this like feeling of like relief. And for whatever time after that, I don't know if it was just cause I was amped up by the situation of something grabbing the back of my neck, but I didn't feel the same sense of like relief as I normally do when I smudge. Now this item that you were given, how, how long have you had it in your possession? Probably about two weeks now. You know what my next question is going to be? What the hell are you waiting for? It wasn't amped up until tonight, until yesterday. Yeah, but it was you, a matter. But you indicated that you had, you know, you, you had some weirdness about wanting to take it from them. It's it's an odd looking thing to begin with. I mean, if you just don't have a good feeling about it, get it out of there. That's where I'm currently at with it, where I kind of denied my intuition, uh, trying to give like benefit of the doubt just because of the person always talking about how, how much of a Christian they are. Um, so I was, I was honestly trying to give the item the benefit of the doubt. And again, I was wondering if it was something attached to me or this particular item. Can I ask but, you, what, in, in what fashion was this thing given to you? Was it just like, oh, hey, I got this little bobble. I think you ought to like it. Here, it's yours. Or... Or was there some, did you, did you get, garner any kind of an intent behind the person that was giving it to you? Uh, I mean, were they, so was it, it to was, elicit some kind of a, a, a thanks on your part or, you know, are they trying to interject themselves into your life uh, unnecessarily? I mean, it, it just uh, it seems like an odd situation. That, that's kind of, kind of honestly, the situation is there's this new guy that, came into work and he's had a lot of back and forth backlash with my girlfriend who works at the same place as me. Um, so from anybody that kind of, kind of knows us, uh, she's more of the in your face, like, like hard ass for lack of better term. And I'm kind of the like more gentle one. So him having this backlash with her, um, it seemed like he tried to like almost smooth up to me knowing that in a way I'm kind of like her soft spot, maybe seeing it as like possible access to get into that. So looking at it from two different angles, it could be one thing where if he is into these concepts, maybe he full well knew what he was doing and was just trying to get an item in the house. And he knew that the only way he was going to be able to do that was through the guy that's, you know, the more gentle one of the two, I guess you could say. Yeah. Um, or the other concept is that I could see it as is maybe he was trying to use it as an item to like smooth things over, um, which was the impression that I got from it. Like at least like me thinking about like his perspective, like the reason I gave the item the benefit of the doubt was the aspect of, I was hoping and assuming that it was something that he was trying to give to, I don't know, just try to like make a connection to see if, things would be a little bit smoother on his aspect, but there's just, there's something weird to this but guy. I don't know I, how to I describe guess, it. I guess what I'm getting at is, you know, and I may be completely off on this. You're the only one that's going to be able to answer this is, is there enough of a relationship with this person that you should be worried about whether or not you guys continue to have a good relationship? 
Um, I mean, he, he, he works with me directly and as work's been going on, it seems like he kind of gets forced on me more and more to the point where it's like, I didn't want to not accept the item because it just would have made things really uncomfortable at work. Mm -hmm. So I accepted the item just off of, you know, generosity. Like somebody hands you a gift, you kind of just accept it. And even if you get rid of it later on, like as far as they know, you still have it. Is it breakable? It's, um, it's, it's like this little like glass, like, like head is the best way to describe it. So, but it's like, like thick glass where if I threw it down on the ground, I don't know if it would actually shatter. I think it might just take chunks out of it because I've, it's crossed my mind of concepts of different ways to destroy the item altogether completely. And I was going to try to shatter it, but when I do, I was going to try to do it at a location that's not anywhere near my house because if I shatter it and there's a little piece of it that gets left somewhere in the house, even if it's just some little type, little tiny fleck flake of it, I don't know if it's still going to have like a component where it's in the house. So where I'm at with it currently is that I'm going to, try to break it and then bury it with the hopes of nobody else finding it. Cause even my girlfriend across the idea of, I didn't know this at the time, but I ended up looking up the item and I guess that they're roughly three, $400, which is ultra, ultra weird that this guy just handed me this thing out of nowhere. And it just doesn't seem like an item that would be like that. Cause it's like an artistic piece that somebody made. Um, so she was like, sell it, sell it. And I was like, no, I don't want to do that. Cause if there's something dark linked to it, Like, I'm not trying to pass it on to somebody else. Like, that's not, it's just going to end up coming back at me twice fold. So the best concept that I could think of to get rid of this item is to try to try to bury it someplace that people typically wouldn't be and hope that nobody else comes across it. And if they do, um, I don't, I guess, leave enough weirdness around it where somebody possibly wouldn't pick it up. So I'm hoping that if I like put it in a bag of salt and wrap it in a white cloth that it'll kind of keep whatever it is at bay by itself. And hopefully if anybody else finds it, they'll see that it's in a bag of salt and just kind of question it for the paranormal aspect and hopefully just leave it alone. But it was just weird how you gave me this item in general. Cause I haven't have a tattoo on the back of my neck. That's like an alien head. And that's like what this thing is. And he goes, I have a thing that looks just like that. And I didn't really think much of it. And then all of a sudden he comes in the next day and he's like, this is for you. I'm like, oh, well, I don't really want to take it. He's like, oh, I, I don't want it anymore. You can have it. It's it's perfect for you. You take it. You take it. And he was just very, like, insistent on me taking this item. And it was just a very weird, uncomfortable situation. And I just, I don't know if it's just like an added component to everything or if it's the main component of everything, but I definitely think that there's something weird with that. And my grandpa was already showing himself a little bit before I got this item. So that's kind of like where I question it in the aspect of, is it the item or is it something else? Or if whatever's on the other side, time isn't necessarily linear to them. Was he aware that this item was coming? So he was trying to make his presence before it came in the house. Well, if you know, and we don't have to get into this, but I know, I know where you work. I, 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 I take that back. I know what you do for a living. So to me, if it were if it were I, I would take that object, and I would bind it, and I would place it in the ground away from your. Put it somewhere where if he ever asks for it, 
you'll know where it's at. <laughs> um, and you know, if you felt the need to retrieve it, to be like, no, look, I still got it. Um, but I would get it out of your, your home. Yeah. That's, that's, I literally like, right when I get like off the show. Yeah, that's going to be the first thing I do. Like I, I literally have it sitting with a salt ring around it right now, waiting till after the show so that I could go and attempt to get rid of it somewhere. But the thing that throws me off with the whole like Christian aspect is somebody could say that they're a Christian and use that as more of like a vague term for just that whole belief system. But it doesn't necessarily clarify like, what side of it they're on, if that makes sense. Like if somebody's trying to hide that they have links to anything that's like satanic or witchcraft related, that's on the other side of it, they could kind of just be using the term like Christian as a blanket for the whole religious concept, be it the dark side and the light side. Cause I feel like a lot of people that would be into this stuff, if they're trying to use it for malicious reasons, they're not going to make it obvious that it's them because they don't, you know, like they're, they're going to try to hide items. They're not going to make it obvious. They're not going to be walking around saying that I do this, I do that. Um, especially because it feels like we're kind of moving into a new age of like a satanic panic. So if anybody's into this stuff, like they're definitely at this current time trying to hide it as best as they can. It seems like well, that's, that's something that came up very recently in a, in an episode that I had with a, another, uh, another practicing witch from Oregon that her, her belief is that there is, uh, currently, a another uprising of, of satanic panic and, and that's, that's neither here nor there. I don't know that that has any, anything to do with it. My, my, my thoughts are, you know, you immediately, you immediately go to this, um, this form of explanation for, for the things that have been going on since you got this thing. And I can't help but feel that there is something about the individual that gave you this that is leading you to speak of it in that manner. He was one of those people where, like I was kind of saying in the beginning of the episode, like I usually follow my tuition and I'm like an empath type. So within the first couple minutes of meeting somebody, like, I kind of have like a feeling of like what type of person that they're going to be. And this particular person, like normally if there's something like dark to somebody, like I can almost for the most part place it. And this guy is just extremely off and there's something dark to him. But the difference between now and any other time is that I can't quite place it. But the other weird part about it is when it comes to uh, work and people come in, um, I'm usually the one that's able to kind of judge everything. Everybody gives everybody the benefit of the doubt. And then when everything push comes to shove, it ends up coming out. And I always end up being right about everybody and nobody wants to fall into it at first. But the weird part about this guy is that everybody that I work with that I'm close to has all felt the same way about this guy, including the people that aren't typically empathy, spiritual type people. So is he like, it's, it, is I assume it's a he. I don't know if that you've mentioned yeah, it's it. A he. Okay. Has he been like actively pursuing trying to create a relationship with you or your your girlfriend? Oh yeah, definitely. 100%. And it has that impression of uh like he's trying to like take control kind of a thing. Like 
the the new boss that came in that came in after my last boss got fired um he just for whatever reason has like all of his eggs in one basket with this guy and i keep telling him all this stuff that's off about this guy and he's just not listening to me and it's driving me a bit crazy um even in the aspect of him like faking it till you make it just like weird comments that he'll make like he'll make like weird sexual comments and again weird for being a christian type like at my girlfriend constantly and there's just this that shit would not fly with me at all yeah that's that's where i'm at and it's a matter of like i'm at work and i can't really do my normal man duties at work and you know with with, with this guy but just everything's just off of this guy it's the best way to describe it like i don't quite know how to place it but like he's actively trying to what it feels like come in and like control the whole situation of everybody. And he, I guess was a consultant before he came in and it's a very vague term where like we keep trying to look into him and we can't find much like backend history on the guy, which I also find super weird on top of the fact that he's just one of those people that it literally feels like there's the best way to describe it is like, something dark that's wearing a smiley face mask where it's like, they're trying to, they have, they have this like fake facade on the outside, but there's something like dark to them on the inside, whether they know it or not. Has he made any inappropriate comments to your girlfriend since you've received the item from him? He's been super friendly with her. And also she's, just doesn't want to fight with people. So she's starting to go on the other side of like resisting where she just kind of is like, I don't know how to like, rather than like completely pushing him away because he's being so forced on top of us. She's trying to almost be like more accepting of it, but he just seems like he's getting too buddy, buddy for, for no reason. But again, there's still just this, this weird dark ambiance to it. I'd get that shit out of my house and I would give it back to him and I would tell him, son, you don't say another off-color comment to that woman. <laughs> um, but that's me. I, I'm not a, um, I'm not opposed to imposing myself on somebody else. <laughs> so, um, See, know. that's where I'm at with it, too. I've contemplated doing that a few times and handing the item back to him, but my logic and the thing that I'm worried about is if he does have some type of link and there's something with this item, like, he could... I almost feel like I. it's possible that I could make it worse for myself where he would almost see it as, like... It's like that concept of, like, you disrespect a witch and then they have a grunge forever kind of a thing. Like, I'm, like, almost scared to just, like, hand him the item back because I don't know how he's going to perceive that. And if he is coming at me from like a spiritual angle, like that might just like make him more angry at a spiritual level where there might be more things that are coming my way because of it. I guess I got to ask you this from the standpoint of, of, um, what do you think the odds? All right. You, you engage in podcasting about weird stuff. You've had some weird experiences in your life. You believe in the, in, in the hereafter 
the uh, the spirit of your grandpa, you know. What do you think that the odds are that chance would put in front of you somebody that was trying to infiltrate your life that was what you think he may be, a witch or a warlock or, or something like that? I think the odds are pretty unlikely that he has any connection to anything I'd give him the item back or I'd get rid of the item. And the next time he made an off color comment, you know, just look, dude, enough's enough. I don't know what you're trying to do. It's not going to work. Just know your role. Find your place. Your place is not with us. You've, you've, you've pushed me to this point. So, you know, I mean, I think I think you, you could quite possibly causing be causing yourself more stress and anxiety about these kind of topics <laughs> by by going to that almost immediately. Um, I mean, there's another angle to this. Um, around the same time that I received that item, uh, we're kind of talking about it pre-show a bit. Um, I did an episode talking about AI and demons being within computer systems or entities being within computer systems. So around the same time that I got this item, I did this episode where we were talking about this. And as I was talking about it, I was just having really weird tech issues where like Zoom would still be up, but it would drop the call out and then it would bounce back up. And I randomly not have internet connection, but the weird part was I tried to switch over to my phone because I have this other microphone that I'll attach in my phone. So if anything happens, I can continue on. Mm -hmm. And my phone also wasn't getting connections. And we just kept having these like weird tech issues this whole time about it. So my other logic and the other idea of it is, like I said, I was trying to give this guy a benefit of the doubt, but it's kind of like two things happening at once. So I don't know which way it's going to place. Um, I almost wonder if maybe we were onto something with the concepts we were talking about and if there is something that is able to transfer through electronics um, coming from like the standpoint of trying to explain that concept that anything that's like demonic, whatever, it can't manifest itself within the physical world. But if you had a computer system where you could create everything that's within the system, they could theoretically be able to man manifest themselves within the system. Um, so going on to that side of the spectrum, both sides of this happen at the same time. So I'm trying to figure out if it's just completely something unrelated to any of this. Like it's just another dark presence that just followed me and made its way into the house. If it's because of me talking about these particular concepts on this particular show and Right after I finished the show, uh, I best way to describe it is started seeing just like random shadows that normally aren't there, and they would dip out, and I almost got this feeling like there's something like watching me, and it wasn't like my grandpa. So I don't know what side of the spectrum it's on with that, but I'm kind of trying to cover both bases. So that was why I did the smudging for the aspect of like, if I made something angry by talking about it, or I was really onto the trail of something, or I'm gonna if it was. I'm going to interrupt you here because as you started this, 
And I'm, I'm fairly certain that the listeners are going to be able to tell that your voice has become very electronic sounding and your video on the screen is blurred to the point where I almost cannot recognize you at this moment. Um, and it's now it's come completely back into focus. Uh, that is really kind of strange. <laughs> My heart just dropped because I was talking about the system and that happened. So I yeah. think in an indirect way, I just got my answer. That was, that was bizarre. And the, and the thing that I'm, I'm disappointed in myself, uh, we're using Zencaster as a, a, a means of communication between you and I right now. And I'm <clears throat> typically am only a audio broadcast. So I never, I never click start recording when I use Zencaster because I don't do anything with the video. So I don't hang on to the video, but that would have been very interesting to, uh, have had recorded because your, your, uh, your screen went extremely blurry. Um, and not necessarily in the typical way that you have interference when internet connection is bad. That was, that was very strange. And um, I got full bars over here, and I had no lag through any of that with me talking. You were moving completely normal. There wasn't anything on my end that looked like anything tech-wise. Yeah. yeah, that was strange. And, and you know, even more so because of, uh, well, today uh, that we're recording this uh, was the release of an episode that I did with Tony Merkel and uh, the, the gentleman from the Cryptids of the Corn, Justin and Jay, and uh, Joel Thomas. And the whole reason that we were put together uh, a couple of weeks ago was because of the electronic interferences that we've all experienced while interviewing Joel. So <laughs> that was uh, that was strange um, for sure. But um, let's not let's not dwell on that. Um, that that was very weird though, um, and the timing of it quite odd. Um, you know, here's the thing. You know, like. <clears throat> So I talk about a lot of these things and I've interviewed a witch in person and, you know, I've, I've had some, some bizarre experiences throughout my life. The one thing I can say is, uh, except for one experience that, uh, that I don't talk about openly in the public, um, I've never felt that I've been in the presence of something that was, uh, overtly negative. You know, most of my experiences have been pretty benign and, uh, you know, like, but some of the people that I talk to that are into these things, this is a, this is a, a way of life for them. You know, they surround themselves with, with creepy things and they, they find, uh, they find comfort in surrounding themselves with, uh, you know, Ouija boards and, they don't, they don't really worry about doing those kind of things, but yet they have all kinds of weird experiences happen in their home. Um, is, is that, is that something that you engage in, uh, as a part of, you know, your interest in these subjects? Do you deal with any kind of any things that might be considered uh, a gateway for things to be coming at you? Um, so I, I do do tarot. Okay. 
And that's about the only thing that I could connect to it. Okay. You know, and, and, I'm, the and other, I'm not here to say that tarot cards are, are a gateway to demonic entities coming in and messing with you. I, I'm not saying that at all. Um, I, I simply don't know what, uh, you know, what the possibilities are, but, you know, going back to you started, you started off with astral projecting at, at a very early age and astral project projecting is, is a pretty specific thing. Um, you know, there, in order to be able to do it, there are a number of things that you have to pretty much master, uh, as far as, uh, components to actually projecting yourself. And there's, there's risks that are associated with doing that. Um, you know, some people believe that once you leave your, once you leave your body, you know, that your, your essence, your soul, your, everything is, is with you having left your body and you're, you're off, you know, flying through the air or you're, you're, you know, you're, you're doing your thing and your body is left basically empty and, and open to the possibility of having something else inhabit it, you know, mm. i.e. possession or, um, you know, I don't, I don't know. I'm not an expert in these things, but there are things that I have read and I've heard other people talk about. So, you know, I don't know that astral projection is something that just comes by people naturally. I imagine that since you've had so many of these experiences, you must have done some kind of research into astral projection. And I mean, are these things, is this common for people to be able to do this who have no knowledge of it at ages that they were, would be obviously way too young to understand the, the concept of? Um, I found a few people that have had experiences like that. Um, one of them being Nico from Upstate Unconventional. And weirdly enough, with him, my friend that I was talking about, Whitney, who's, you know, more of like the psychic type, she told me before I even started talking to Nico that him and I had a connection somehow. And she wasn't sure how, but we had to figure out what it was. So when we came to start talking, uh, one of the things that we realized that we had alike was the fact that we both had experiences where we would astral project at young ages and not really grasp what we were doing. Mm. And that's where, like, I was kind of saying that I felt like, uh, like something was almost like watching me, like trying to see what I would, what I would do. Like maybe there's particular people that inherently have this ability, or maybe it's something that's connected with the aspect of if you believe in like consciousness being recycled. Um, maybe it's something that is left over from the previous life or whatever you had, or maybe in my life before it or whatever I was before, wherever my consciousness was before, it may have been able to completely do it before. And then when I came into my being a kid, it still had that, that grasp or connection with that world. I mean, that that's also a possibility too, is that kids have the ability to kind of partly see through the veil. Mm -hmm. So maybe that also kind of had an aspect in it, but uh, it's, not un it's not rare i would say but it's more on the uncommon side of things for sure though where i've only talked to a handful of people who have uh, also 
had experiences where they were doing this and didn't really understand what it was. And I didn't really start digging into what it was until, you know, I was probably like 16 or so. So like in the middle of all the kind of like dark stuff happening. So again, I was just trying to rationalize it in my kid mind. And it was one of those things that for a while, I didn't really like think it was anything different than anybody else was experiencing because I didn't really know anything different. And it wasn't until, you know, I was like 16 or so when I had a couple friends that were kind of into these concepts that I was able to start like sharing these ideas with them and found out that, you know, not everybody does that because it was just, it was just the normal for me. Yeah. But one of the weirdest experiences that I remember is I had this really good friend in high school named Christian and I'm still trying to figure this out. I haven't really had too many people that have talked about experiences like this, but whenever him and I would sleep in the same room, he would astro project with me and we would see each other and we would like interact with each other. But he told me that it only happened when I was with him and connecting into another piece that I hadn't told my girlfriend about any of this astral projection type stuff. Um, and then there was one particular night that we we're living at her parents' house at the time. And she was sleeping. I was watching TV. It was probably like two o'clock in the morning. And I heard a thud down the stairs. So I, she springs up all of a sudden and looks at me and goes, Whoa, I just had a dream that I fell down the stairs. And I told her, I just heard something fall down the stairs. So we both went out there. There was nobody out there, nothing going on. And that was when I had to like explain all of these concepts of like astral projection to her. So at least two times in my life that I know of, I don't know if it's one of those things where maybe it's something that we don't really grasp or understand where you think you have to be a master of it, but maybe just inheritedly some people maybe have something to them where it's more of like an aura and maybe like whoever's within that aura also kind of gets pulled into it. Um, I don't know. Just, just kind of weird. I haven't really figured out that rational side of that, but if anybody else has ever astro projected with somebody else in the room with them unintentionally, I would love to hear anything you have to say on the topic because I haven't been able to rationalize that myself. Yeah, that's, uh, that's out of my out of my wheelhouse. I've I've not heard of group astral projecting. That's, uh, that's other than maybe a couple people that have it mastered and they go into it with the intention of what they're trying to do. That's right. the only way that I could see it really happening. Yeah. Hmm. But you know the the stuff about you know the the possibility possibility of your grandfather still being in your life. Um, you know, I don't, I don't understand. I had some experiences uh, after my dad passed away. Um, it didn't start immediately. It was several months, probably close to a year before I started having some experiences. And once I did, um, those experiences, you know, relatively speaking, were short-lived. Um, there was a point where it stopped, and it's never happened again. Um, so, you know, I I don't understand what the 
what goes on there, you know, was, was, is there a certain amount of time that they're allowed to, um, interact with you is, is, you know, I've, I've talked to several psychics who I, you know, psychics are, you know, you're either, you're either legitimate or you're full of shit. And yeah, it's uh, like a 1% concept, you know, so, um, I've been very fortunate to have been able to talk to and interact with, um, a number of them that are, I would say legitimate because the things that they have proved to me, um, and I'm, I'm a relatively intelligent person. I, I can understand how people will use phishing as a, um, a way to get information or, you know, to find stuff online about you prior to having spoke with you. Um, and, and I'm not finding that that is the case with these people at all. They're, um, they're exhibiting, exhibiting some things that are truly, um, unexplainable. Um, I'm kind of in the same boat with Whitney where I didn't believe in any of that stuff. And I intentionally went in talking to her without her knowing anything about me. And she told me a lot of things that I hadn't told anybody else before. So up until her, I never really believed in that stuff. And as far as that goes, the only person that I have met personally so far that I feel has that connection is like her. And that's why I said it's like that one 1% thing that, you know, 1% actually have these abilities and 99% fake it till they make it. And because of that, it dilutes it out and makes it so that nobody believes in the concept as a whole and views even that 1% as a fake or some, some type of scam artist. Yeah. You know, but the, the, the thing that I've, I've found with them is that, you know, the majority of them will tell me that, um, they are not stuck that they're not, you know, some, some don't understand that they're, uh, they have the ability to move on. Um, you know, and, and sometimes it's just as simple as being able to coax them and, and reach them on a level where they understand that it's okay that they go. Um, you know, and, and I understand from the standpoint of somebody who is, uh, had somebody yanked away at a, at a young age from them and they were an influential person and they're, you know, the selfish part of you or, or myself, um, wanting to have that comfort of knowing that they're around, um, you know, that's great for you, but, uh, may not be that great for, for them. So, you know, that might be something you want to consider as far as, um, you know, letting, letting him know that it's, it's okay. You're, you're in good shape. You're, you know, you're moving on with your life and, and you're in a lot better place than you were, um, before. So, especially uh, like my teenage years, I definitely felt like when I was having those experiences, I definitely need him, needed him around as far as now goes. I mean, like you said, it's more of like a selfish thing that you just kind of want around for yourself, but like mentally speaking, you know, I definitely am, have the ability to fend for myself now, even in the aspect of the spiritual world, doing the research that I have, yeah. um, like knowing how to defend yourself against something spiritual or, you know, as a teenager or a kid, you know, you may not be aware of those concepts. So, you, you know, you're, they're more needed, but like he was gone up until recently. So it's just like something that hadn't fully crossed my mind and where I'm currently sitting at now, I don't know if 
what's going on right now is the the peak of it or if there is still a peak coming. But it's one of those things where it's like, you know, I want him to go where he's supposed to go. But in the back of my mind, I still feel like there's a reason why he's back. And I don't want to tell him to, you know, that it's okay to like go where he needs to go until I fully know what's going on and know if it's something that I would realistically need him or his ability to be able to terrain around the, around the other side in order to deal with whatever reason he came back or on the other side of things, if there is something dark and they know of him, like what if it's something that's, almost like playing with my emotions and trying to get me to invite it in by doing stuff that my grandpa would normally do. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. That's a tough one. How does your, how does your girlfriend, how does she feel about all of this stuff? Is she, does she buy into this? Does she, um, is she kind of, wishy-washy on it does she have a does she have a stance on it um as far as like if you would have asked her a couple months ago she probably would have denied it but she's starting to come around and wrap around it where you know if I would have presented what I presented to you about the whole salting around the little figurine and stuff um or around the little little head like she would have looked at me like I was crazy a couple months ago, but today I did it and she didn't even question it. She literally walked up, looked at it, looked at me and went, mm-hmm, and then went and sat on the couch. Like, like she understands and knows now, but she wouldn't have before. And the main reason why I feel like she's starting to introduce these concepts and understand it is because of the stuff going on with, uh, with my son, with yeah. the turning on the light at three o'clock in the morning and then that light being on for her. Cause she told me about that. I didn't even physically see it and she didn't mention it or even think twice about it until I started talking about the stuff with Orson and a lot of the story, like I said, it was just kind of out there. So I didn't really share it too much. And, uh, as soon as she mentioned that it was kind of like the astral projection experience where it was just like, all right, I, uh, I have to tell you a story about my grandpa. <laughs> You know, and, and I'm not I'm not asking you to get into this, but you know, I don't know what your um, if you have any affiliation with uh, any religious beliefs or or not, um, and I don't think we need to get into that. But you know, if if you are in a in a home and you've got your girlfriend and you've got your children, and you are dealing with things that don't seem right. Um, Myself, my first, my first and foremost um, thoughts are to make sure that my family's protected, and I would start to possibly consider, you know, maybe turning towards um, getting somebody in there who has uh, some more knowledge as far as this is concerned. You know, whether you you have an affiliation with a church or um, or a religious. Uh, organization that um, could have somebody come in and, you know, bless the house or um, perform a specific rite. Um, I would start, you know, if, if the things were as if they were, you kept saying the word multiple times where it was ramping up, um, you know, 
it's not something that I would sit back and just be like, well, let's see, just let's see where it goes. You know, <laughs> let's, let's see to what extent is this going to uh, impact my family? Um, I the hardest have- aspect of it is the matter of like just doing podcasting. Like I know a lot of people that are in that, in that field, but none of them are very close to me. So it's a matter of trying to also find somebody that's relatively close to me because my most trusted people that I would have do these types of things are unfortunately on the other side of the country currently. Um, okay. And, and that's a valid point. Um, I would say that, you know, there are, if you find the right person, um, they don't have to be near you. Very true. That being said, I definitely feel like I should uh, contact Whitney. And on top of that also being said, if anybody's listening to this and is in the Michigan area and, you know, may or may not have some experience with this or have an idea of something that can be done about it, um, if you'd reach out to me, I would greatly appreciate it more than you would ever know. Because sometimes for certain things, I don't know, I feel like, like it's just better to have them like hands on in the environment experiencing what's being experienced where it, it, you still have that like spiritual connection to it if you're like you have you have that ability but i feel like it's a, it's just a whole different presence when you can physically be here and like theoretically be the one that smudges the house in your particular method or protect the house in your particular method versus uh like me recreating somebody's method that has been developed by them because I feel like with a lot of the protection stuff, mm-hmm. it's a lot of like people's personal beliefs that also go into that. And if you don't have the same mindset and personal beliefs doing the same thing that they're doing, it wouldn't have the same effect as if they were physically the person doing it because they have that intention behind it. I, I understand what you're saying. Um, I do also have to, say this and and I don't want you to take this in the wrong way but um I think that both you and her um acting as as parents you both have to be on the same page as far as your desire to have these things stop I mean she honestly is uh she's very into the crystals And today she did some research on a couple of them and ended up hanging a couple of them in my son's room for protection to him. So I definitely think that we're on the same page with this. And we both are kind of doing our own versions of like what we have seen as protection to try to protect the house. Um, And that's, that's kind of where I'm at with it too, where it's like the amp up of it, where it's like, I want to do something and have somebody check it out. But at the same time, I'm almost curious if, like, what we're doing wouldn't be any different than what somebody else would come in and do. So I guess I just have to get some feelers out and touch out a little bit more about it because this is my first time sharing the story out in the open and not just directly between my, my girlfriend and I. And I think, um, I think what you just said is, is a pretty good indicator, at least it is to me, of your level of discomfort with what's going on. And I don't. I don't think you're that uncomfortable with what's going on. If you're willing to leave it up to chance, well, let's just see if what we're doing will take care of it. 
you do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And um, I feel like part I mean, of that oh, sorry, I was saying, I feel like part of that has to do with the fact that it's like I've experienced worse. So it's like you know, if somebody was coming into the situation and they hadn't experienced anything before, um, it'd be a little bit different. But because I have experienced things before, it just it almost feels like like a second go around kind of concept, especially after like I was a teenager, but it doesn't seem as amped up. And a lot of it too is when I talk to Whitney, she talks to me a lot about following my intuition and she personally believes that I have links to a lot of these spiritual concepts and I need to kind of just fall in my place with it. So another added part to it is I'm trying to build up that side of me. So it's also partly one of those things where it's like, it's a serious situation and I'm trying to figure it out. But at the same time, I'm questioning if it's been put in my lap in order for me to be able to figure out what I am capable of being able to do as far as protecting myself against these types of things. So that's kind of where, like, where I'm at with it is that it's like, I also don't know if it's, if it's almost like, like a test in a sense, like, cause I'm one of those people that's a firm believer that everything happens for a reason. And I feel like that might be the reasoning behind it. But in the back of my mind, it's still one of those things like I was kind of mentioning with my grandpa with him passing on that it's like, I don't know if it's a test that's been put in my lap, but I'm still scared of it regardless. And I like having that my grandpa behind me or feeling like he's behind me just in case it does get out of hand. But at the same time, like I'm still scared of it getting out of hand, but I'm trying to keep it under wraps because I don't want to scare my kids. Um, because earlier in the kitchen, I'm like putting salt around this thing. And my daughter's like, what are you doing? Why are you putting sugar around that? So it's also a concept of like trying to not freak out the kids in the process. Cause I don't want them to like, I don't want anything to like, pop, like pop off. For example, like if I had somebody come over and something happens, um, I, I definitely would have to have my kids out of the house because I just don't want them to have like a starting point coming into understanding these concepts with it being something scary. Like I'd rather them be introduced into the spiritual world by something happy and light and not this dark being. So it's like trying my best as a parent to try to like keep it under wraps, keep my own fears in while not trying to project outward. So I don't scare my kids. I get that. I don't know. My gut tells me that you need help. I don't think if, if you have, if you actually have negative spiritual interaction in your home, I don't think that that is a self teaching moment. (laughs) Well, if it says anything about the moment in particular, I did that smudging moment earlier and I was already prepared to share everything else that was going on and this added couple things happened where it just happened to pop into what we're talking about today. And I've pretty much kept all this stuff under wraps besides talking to you about it today. But weirdly enough, I did that smudging and I reached out to one of my good friends, uh, 
one thumbnail if anybody is familiar with who she is. And uh, I pretty much explained that full story to her. So I think it's one of those things that it's just like, I don't know how to quite place it in my head. And even if I don't intend to, like, I guess I am kind of reaching out for help in my own way because I've always been one of those people that is like self-reliant because I didn't grow up in the best family. I've always been into this concept of like, you deal with your problems yourself. So part of it is not necessarily knowing how to ask for help. So you just kind of like put your feelers out and see if somebody will pick it up that you do need help without having to say it directly. I don't know, it's just kind of like a weird thing with like my upbringing is that it's like, you're, you're almost scared to ask for help, you know, because you don't know how people are going to respond back to you with it. I have a name of somebody I'll give you after we get off the air. Um, she's, she's, she's really good. So, um, if nothing else, she can at least give you an idea of what you're dealing with and what you can do. So I, I really, really, really appreciate that. Shane, one more time for everybody, let them know where they can find your stuff. I guess on a, on a lighter note, since it sounded a little bit, it got a little, little personal through all of that. Um, if anybody wants to come check out the other side of things that I do, um, the funny side, the conspiracy side, all of that fun stuff. Um, I put everything under link trees, try to make it quick and easy. Um, if anybody isn't familiar with link tree links, it's not .com. It's uh, L-I-N-K-T-R period E-E um, slash. And then for my multiple things, uh, increase of our reality podcast and bizarre encounters. Uh, from there, if you click on one of those, they all kind of intermix. Uh, if you find one, you'll find all of them. So follow down the trail, like, share, subscribe, all that fun stuff. Um, give Eric, of course, a review because the guy deserves it and he's awesome at what he does. And, uh, you know, while you're at it, throw me, throw me a little review. I'd also appreciate it. Absolutely. Because that's how you should do it. You go on, you give them a five-star review and then listen to what they have. Um, it just, it helps everybody out. It helps get the show out in front of more people. And even if it's not your thing, um, you're doing something solid for somebody else and, and it helps other people find that person. So, um, Shane, I, I appreciate your, your willingness to, uh, share that story. I mean, there's some, there's some aspects of it too, uh, you know, that are, I'm sure were hard for you to talk about. Um, I hate that. I had a couple of moments here and there. I'm sure the listeners should probably tell where, <laughs> It's just like hard to say certain things, but yeah. um, like I said, this was the first time I've ever said it all and laid it out on the table. So it was came out, I guess, I guess in a in a well thought out way. But uh, yeah, you did fine. Um, again, I I don't want to come off sounding preachy, but if you're dealing with the things that you say you're dealing with. I don't, I can't help but think that that is not a, a moment where you should be self-teaching yourself. You know, you, you as an empath, um, yeah. Okay. You have a gift and, um, you know, you're, you're 
you're a young man, you're, you're, you've got plenty of time ahead of you to, um, grow that gift and, and, and see it to its realization. Um, my biggest fear when it comes to it is that it seems to be around my son and considering that I had that, um, like astral projection moment where I saw my son before he was born. Like I was saying earlier, I feel like he's linked to this world. So my biggest fear as of the last like two days, which is me just trying to figure everything out. Like my biggest fear is that it's something that knows that my son may have a connection to it. And it's like trying to be around him. And that's, honestly what makes me the most uncomfortable about it and it's one of those things that it's like try to deny it in my head but my head keeps coming back to it and this is the first time I've said it out loud but like that's probably my my biggest fear when it comes to any of this is just anything that could possibly be preaching on my son if he does have the abilities to have that connection into the spiritual world you know and I have I have there's one thing that I want to say about that and I've I was I was not going to say it, and I'm still not sure if I should say it. Um, but you know that that instance where you were in that space where you you saw your son, um, and he said that it wasn't right. That one wasn't right. Um, what if what if that wasn't your son like it was something that almost like took his place I'm, I'm, i feel i feel uh, torn that i should i shouldn't be saying this cuz that's a that's a terrible thing to I, mean, I, I really want to know your thought pattern on it, to be honest with you. If the child that didn't survive, if its soul was what you witnessed in that space, in that liminal space that you were in, and said what it said to you, making you think that the next time around that would still be him, what if it's not? What if that was a completely different entity than the child you have now? But that's the entity that is acting on your son out of jealousy that it wasn't born, out of um, being upset that it, it that pregnancy didn't take. That was kind of the route that I was kind of going down to because from the time my son was born, he was a very colicky baby where he wouldn't stop crying all the time and there was nothing wrong with him. And we, they never really like put the term like colicky on him. He just would cry all the time. So if that is the case, maybe there has and was been something that's been attached to him from the time he was born. And maybe it is, like a jealous consciousness or entity that it wasn't able to be born. So maybe it's just been with him this whole time and all of the clues have been there and I just haven't seen it. 
because, like I said, just him from the time he was born, he just has been a very, very upset baby, for lack of better words for it. I don't know. I feel I feel bad for bringing that up because that, that's a. It wasn't intended to be hurtful, but I could see where it would be, and. Um, it has crossed my mind before, so I honestly appreciate you saying it because then that means that I'm not the only one who's saw that as a possibility. Again, I got I got to go back to, I would. I would look to enlist the help of somebody who is um, more knowledgeable about what your what your situation is and what you guys are going through. Um, again, weirdly I, enough, too, I actually shot Whitney a text earlier, telling her that I really needed to talk to her and do a reading. So, kind of like I was saying, it's one of those things where it's like you don't directly want to ask for help, but you still kind of put your feelers out to see what people will pick up. Mm-hmm. So. I definitely want to put my feelers out with your, the person that you were talking about also and hopefully get two different vantage points on it from Whitney and from your person. You know, I've, I've kind of been skirting around this subject without coming out and saying it. And every time that I do, you revert to seeking help from psychics or, uh, you know, friends of yours that are in into all these different types of uh types of theories and stuff like that the one thing that i continue to notice is that and this isn't a this isn't a judgment on you um you you've never once gone to anything uh, religious and you know there's i would imagine there's probably a good reason for that that you maybe you don't engage in in that um But if I were you, I would look to someone who has more more knowledge on that end of things. See, like, coming from my perspective, just to kind of give people a little bit of an idea of, like, my my view on that kind of stuff, um, I grew up in a family where... Like, you know, I, I of course, went to church and stuff as a young kid, and I would question anything. I just ask any questions, and they kind of had that concept of, you know, like, you don't ask questions, you just listen to what we have to say. Yeah, been there, done that. as an adult now, um, you know, I've had a good handful of experiences with uh, Christian people who aren't like that, who are willing to ask the questions, Um, but a lot of them aren't... um, I guess they don't have like a like a like a place in the church. They're just, you know, like church goers rather than being like somebody that's of the faith mm-hmm. in the aspect of, you know, being part of the cloth. Um so that also being said, my first reaction usually isn't to go there just because the at group of people that I do know are more of like the spiritual people. So if there is anybody that is uh in that field, um who is willing to sit down and hear everything that I have to say and give me their full biblical opinion on it, I would love to hear it. And I would definitely be more than willing to 
do anything that they feel would help the situation. Um, just, you know, like I said, from, from like my background, my main jump is seeing spirituality more so than anything, but I haven't closed that door. If that makes sense. Like, Mm -hmm. like I know it's there. It's just that I don't have anybody that I trust that would know about that on that, that spectrum inside of things. Well, and I don't know why I said I'd tell you this name afterwards because she's been on my show. So people know who she is. Um, JJ light Rose seven, seven, seven. Um, she was on, uh, one of my episodes, uh, just about a month ago, I guess. See how quick I, uh, you said the name and I'm already typing it down. <laughs> <laughs> JJ light Rose seven, seven, seven. I have had numerous people since that episode has aired contact her and, uh, I feel bad for her <laughs> because I have uh, I have kind of overloaded her with uh, with listeners who have uh, approached her about issues that they've been having in their lives, and I can I can say that there is a a good number of them who have found answers through her. Um, so she's an amazing woman. And, uh, I would, I would definitely reach out to her. I, uh, first reaction, type that down. And, uh, I have a a list of different things that I need to do after this interview. And that's one of the top items that, and getting rid of the other item. Not that I, I, I don't feel like it's tied to it, but it's just a matter of just covering all the bases, you know? Yeah. Yeah, regardless, I'd get rid of that trinket, and and I would tell uh, I would tell Buddy, uh, you need to just know your role, man. Stick to your stick to your own, and and leave us alone. So, well, right, that's the truth of it. <laughs> I think we're right at straight up two hours. So, Shane, I appreciate you coming on the show. I appreciate you sharing your story. Um, I feel bad for the things that you went through as a child. Um, you need to get your you need to get your house in order. So, I appreciate you giving me the platform to say this because, again, like I was saying, I'm not a direct person that asks for help. So, subconsciously, I'm sure that me deciding that I wanted to talk about this on this particular episode um, was was that trying to reach out in an indirect way. So I really appreciate you giving me the opportunity to do that and being one of the few people that I feel like I can air all of this out to and you hear it for what it is instead of trying to discredit everything that I had to say. Yeah. No, we don't do that here. So hopefully we'll get you in touch with somebody that can, uh, can get you some answers. Yeah, I really, really hope so. Like I said, I'm going to hit up a couple of people. If uh, there's any listeners that hear this that also would like to give me some input on it, um, shoot me a message on Instagram on the inquiries of our reality profile, and I will get back to you as soon as I possibly can and read it because I would definitely, from all angles, love to hear 
any view that anybody may have on the situation or if they have any personal experiences that could be tied to this to help to figure things out like there's a lot of pieces to the puzzle so don't be scared to reach out to me and help me hopefully connect some stuff I hope that for you my friend it's been good seeing you can't wait till the next time we're in person at uh, one of the next events and uh, thanks so much for being on the show I appreciate it thank you so much I really appreciate it also being also a listener and a fan of uncomfortable it was definitely interesting to be on one of the episodes even though I am a podcaster it's (laughs) just one of those special moments kind of a thing and that's why I figured I would just get it out you know all right my friend 